Welcome to the Philadelphia Millennial Podcast Marketing Edition. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the placement of your products or services in business. But before we start, I have a Philadelphia Black History fact spotlight, rather. So growing up, everybody used to ask me where my mom was from. And for those that know me personally, you know that she is from southeastern, I'm sorry, southwestern Virginia, right outside of Virginia Tech. Um, so everybody in Philly and up north has cousins down south, period. Like, you have cousins down south, regardless of how much you talk to them, go visit them, whatever. So... Um, right after the Civil War and Reconstruction began, a lot of African Americans fled the South for Philadelphia, New York, Chicago, uh, and really the, the West Coast in search for better opportunities in, in life. And really, those people, that first generation of people, though they you know, still faced racism, they really they really did see some prosperity. I mean, the Black Wall Street was a product of people moving Midwest from the rural South. So they did see some prosperity among themselves that I believe is credited to being in the right place at the right time. So, as most of you know, during the First World War, American industries, like, really, 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 really suffered. <laughs> and the Pennsylvania Railroad was not exempt to those conditions. So, in May 1916, the railroad offered free transportation from the South to blacks willing to work for the railroad. Between May 1916 and spring of 1918, Philadelphia saw, on average, 150 new blacks every week. 20,000 came over the three months um, by summer's end. I'm just really fascinated in Philadelphia black history, and I have been ODing on this website called phillyhistory.org. So all of my Philly residents, you can type in an address look by specific neighborhoods, or um, if you're in a particular place of the city, it'll do by GPS location, if you're on your phone, of pictures that they have of the city throughout the years. I mean, they have some pictures going back to the 1800s. So we think some of these structures are old, but they have pictures of the structures that were there before the old structures. Like Philadelphia is an ancient Ancient, 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 ancient. <laughs> no, it's not that ancient. But it's a really old city full of history. So my mom actually has a friend that um, her family lineage uh, was not enslaved. And she's like fifth generation Philadelphian. It's wild. But um, if you want more information on the great migration um, of our ancestors, moving to Philadelphia and how they made it do what it do, head over to greatmigrationphl.org. It's G-R-E-A-T-M-I-G-R-A-T-I-O-N-P-H-L.org. Now, on to dropping some gems for y'all with the proper placement of your products and services. 
So a lot of the times in entrepreneurship, we get caught up in our head. We think that just because there are other lash lines, other fitness coaches, other marketers, other accountants, that we feel like there is no space for us in a specific industry. And that's not true. I believe if God laid it on your heart to to move along um, and to do something specific, then there is room for you to do it. Don't let competitors scare you or bully you or have you thinking that there is no room in a particular industry for you. I've heard, unfortunately, stories of African-American-owned hair stores being threatened by their Asian, I wouldn't even say competitors, because Asians have an entire, like, capital, like, they've capitalized on that market, but that's for a different episode. So don't let people that are already in that space bully you to think that you can't do it. There are people out here in that space that are willing to coach and mentor you if you are willing to work. There are 7 billion people in the world. Find somebody. Who cares? They don't want you there. There are 7 other people. There are 7 billion. I don't know why I keep saying 7 other. There are 7 billion people in this world that need something. Um, The second point I want to bring up is that you have to strategically place your business for people. You have to be where your ideal customers and clients are. Um, Also, having a great product priced accurately means nothing if it's not in front of the right people. You can have the cheapest guitar made out of the best quality. You could have... It tied back up to some humanitarian calls in India feeding kids. And I would not buy it because you're trying to sell it to me at Temple University while I'm in business school. You see what I'm saying? You can have it priced right. You can have the right social uh, enterprise thought behind it. All of the right things. But if it's not in front of the right people who are interested, you are going to think that you shouldn't be in business because no one's buying it. When in actuality, you aren't where your ideal customers hang out. You have to find out where they are and how they like to shop and consume. Millennials like to shop and consume different than our baby boomer parents. Baby boomers tend to want to go in the store, want to talk to somebody, and millennials most of the time are the exact opposite. We want to just order our food online and then go into the Chipotle and pick it up. So understanding how your customer likes to shop and consume is very important. You want to also be flexible um, in offering your product and services and multiple channels to reach people. For a great example of this is Books versus audio books, being that I've, um, I haven't deactivated my social media, but I have deleted the apps off of my phone. And I've realized how much <laughs> spare time I have and how less distracted I am. So Audible is great for me. I feel like I'm going through books a lot faster because I'm able to consume them in different ways. Like I, I'm not one of those crazy people that reads and drives at the same time. Philly is too crazy. So you have to be flexible in offering your products or services in multiple channels to reach multiple people once again. For those of you who have been following me for a while, I have a blog. I haven't posted 
in like two years, but it's if anyone's that curious, it's twenty five in Philadelphia. dot wordpress. dot com. The number twenty five i in Philadelphia. dot wordpress. dot com. And I loved my blog for that period of time. However, I realized that writing was, I like to write for pleasure. And though the blog was for pleasure, I was trying to produce things on a timeline that sometimes took the fun out of it for me. I had to um, edit a lot of the things that I wanted to talk about. I feel like took longer to write than to speak. Like, for instance, no one writes how they talk. So it, it will go through a lot of editing because I will write shorthand. So I realized that, hey, the audience that I want to target, millennials, for the most part, like things on the go. They don't necessarily want to read, but they will listen. So I kind of transitioned into a podcast, which I like a lot better because I like talking. Like I'm right now in a booth talking by myself. But y'all listening, right? Right. So make everybody happy. Y'all happy? Y'all listening to this on the train in your car after you've put your kids down while drinking a glass of wine, hopefully with the notebook. And I'm getting to reach you in a way that I like and is more authentic to me. So it's imperative to find out where your clients hang out frequently, whether it's digitally or in person. You have to be sure that your presence is there. If you're trying to target millennials and you're only on Facebook and Snapchat, you might not find us. If you're trying to market to baby boomers on Snapchat, you're definitely not going to find them. So you have to find out where they hang out and make sure that your presence is felt there. Also, look at what your competitors are doing. Or not doing and how that could work to your advantage or disadvantage. Do you notice that people like could use your product or service at a place that a competitor isn't there? For instance, on the lowest level, like in Philly and most major cities, people sell water on the side of the road in the summertime. So that's great. I'm, I know that business is profitable because you can get a case of water for $3 and you sell them a dollar a piece. Like, that's a crazy profit. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's say that you are somewhere where people rollerblade or walk or bicycle. Like, granted, traffic is good when you like in the road race ways. But what about if you are somewhere where... People are exercising and may have forgotten their water, and you don't have any competitors there, and you get a lot of traffic. And it might be like in Philadelphia at the art museum, like you know, you could get people going on all the different trails, and you can get people in their cars coming from and going to work. So you have to think about and look at what your competitors are doing, what's working, and what's not working for them, and be able to pivot. When placing your product or service in the market, you have to think of these two very important things. One, you need to think about what unique brand story does your business tell. People buy into things and companies and patronize companies because 
of the unique story that they tell, how they got in business or how they deliver their products or services, the story of their owner, a unique process that they have, they let that be the focal point of their placement, of how they differentiate their product or service amongst competitors. The last thing you want to think about are what are the one or two things that you do well, right? A lot of the times we like, oh, we can do this, we can do that. Especially entrepreneurs, usually most of us are good at more than one thing. However, it is beneficial for just being known for one or two good things and doing them well and efficiently and effectively. And that's what you should let your market differential be. To recap this episode on placement, we talked about one, the great migration, two, don't let competitors scare you or bully you out of a particular industry for you. There are 7 billion people in the world. There is someone that needs and wants what you offer. Having a great product priced accurately means nothing if it's not in front of the right people. Find out where and how your ideal customer likes to shop or consume. Be flexible to offering your product or service in multiple channels to reach people. Like the example I gave, um, hard copy books versus audio books. Find places where they hang out and frequent, whether it be digitally or physical, and make sure your presence is there. Understand and look at what your competitors do or don't do and figure out how to use that as an advantage. Identify the unique brand story your business tells and use that to place your product and be unapologetic about the story that your business tells. Be unapologetic about sharing it and how it is the difference in you and everybody else. Lastly, figure out the one or two things you do well and let that be your market differential. So if you have not caught up on our first two episodes dealing with marketing, talking about the product and price, make sure you do that. And for those that have been along through all three episodes, we are heading into number four, my favorite, talking about promotion. It's time to discover the steps your business should take for marketing to be less overwhelming and more profitable by downloading the business audit workbook at imaniinspires.com. It's time to examine how your product, price, placement, and promotion of your business is affecting your profit. The audit workbook is available for free at imaniinspires.com.